Lekutah Sichas Chelek Tezvav Parsha Vaychi Sichah Gimel If Reuven Bechari Atta in the brachas that Yaakov gave to his sons he gave the first one to Reuven and he said Reuven you are my firstborn Yeser Seiz Vyeser Oz you should have had more rank you should have had more power as a king Pachas Kamayim Al Taisar however because of your anger that was swift as water you will not be given these extra blessings. Is Rashi Mefarajavete Yeser says Rashi explains the words Yeser says what does he mean by Yeser says more rank? Roy Lius Yeser al Achicha the Kohuna. You should have been more. You should have received more than your brothers by being appointed the Kayan. And the Seis means to lift up. Loshon Asiyas Kapayim because the Kayanim lift up their hands to give the blessing. That's what the word se'es means, to lift up. You should have been given the opportunity to lift up your hands as a kayin. The yeser oz, what is the more power? The malchus in kingship. Who caused you to lose all of these opportunities? Because in the end, Yosef, uh, Reuven was not appointed as the kayin of the king. Pachas kamayim, ha-pachas v'ha-bohola, the impetuousness that you showed because you were quick to, to display your anger and therefore you will you will not be given these extras which were originally were fitting for you which originally were designated for you and so on that's how Rashi explains it. The Targum Fatajdan Pasik, the Targum explains the Pasik. Have Khazi Lemesaf Tlosakulkin. You should have been given three shares, three portions. Bechirta, Bechirusa, which means the uh, the rights, the firstborn rights, Kahuna, Kahunsa, to be a Kayana Malchusa and kingship. So he's saying, as Ruven is given rights of Bakum and Draichalakim, that Ruben was really fitting to receive three shares over his brother Bechayra, Kohuna Malchus, firstborn rights Kohuna and Malchus they were not given to him the Tanchuma also says the same thing the Medrash Bereshis Rabba they all say that there were three things including also the Bechayra which was supposed to go to Reuven and then was not given to him we have to understand since the Pasek actually mentions mentions about in the Pasek it does it makes mention of the fact that he is the Bechayr so why does Rashi leave out that he was supposed to be the Bechayr and only mentions that he was supposed to get Kohuna Malchus and leaves out the whole thing about Bechayr. On nish zum inyan von Reuven Bechayri Atta, why does he say that the Pasuk is not applied, does not apply what he will not receive to, to the idea of Bechayr, which is written at the beginning of the Pasuk. Bechayri Atta is the tam von Roy Lukuhuna Malchus. In fact, the reason why he should have been given Kohuna and Malchus was because he's the firstborn. So why was he fitting to receive Kohuna and Malchus? Because he's a Bechayr. So how could Rashi just gloss over it and not mention it at all? Mekenish Zogna as Rashi Haut as Al-Pipshudosh Omikri is the Bechayr of Ruben and Nish Tzugunim Megivorim. Perhaps we would be able to say that maybe Rashi holds that the firstborn rights were not taken away from Ruben at least according to Shudosh Mikra. But we can't say that, because it's clearly spelled out in Divri Yomim at the end of Tanakh. It says there are B'nai Reuben B'chayi Yisrael, the sons of Reuben, the, el- the eldest born of Yisrael, and it goes on to say, and because he uh, confused the uh, the bedroom of his father, he got involved in the bedroom uh, politics of his father, his born, firstborn rights were given to the sons of Yosef and they became two tribes what is the firstborn rights? double portion 
it was Yosef's children that got double portion. They were two Shvatim rather than Reuben being given two counts of Shvatim. So it's a clear Pasuk in Divri So you can't say that Rashi holds that it was not taken away, at least according to Pshudu Shlomikri. Nochmer, even more, mit even in Chumash, a few Psukim earlier, is Rashi Aleim Farish. Rashi himself explains, Pirish, at least according to one, uh, one, according to one explanation that he gives, Ashchem Echad, that when uh, Yaakov said to Yosef that I, I've given you one portion over your brothers, who are this is referring to that Yosef was given the Bechayra. Because the sons of Yosef would get two counts of Shvatim. Menashe and Ephraim would be considered two separate Shvatim, not just Yosef as one Shevet. So Rashi himself says that the Bechayra was given to Yosef. Even earlier in Parshav Yishlach, it says in Parshav Yishlach, Rashi Mefarish over there, Rashi explains Bechayri Yaakov, that uh, who was the Bechayri of Yaakov, which was, which was Ruvain. So Rashi says, Bechayr l'nachala, he was the Bechayr for inheritance. Bechayr l'avayda, for avayda, Bechayr l'minyan, he should have been given the avayda in the Beis HaMikdash. Bechayr l'minyan, Bechayr for counting, that he was counted first in the uh, census taking, or in the listings of, uh, in the Torah, Yeruvan always comes first. And the Bechayra was not given to Yosef only in regards to the Shvatim, that Yosef was made into two Shvatim. So Rashi says there was some part of the Bechayra which remained with Reuven, but the, uh, a very important part of it, which was that there would be counted as two Shvatim, was taken away and given to Yosef. In other words, that the Shvat the Bechayra was taken away, at least in regards to the matter of the Shvatim, from Reuven, it was taken away from Reuven, by Yishka, because of his involvement in Yaakov's uh, bedroom situation. And it was given to Yesus. So Rashi himself acknowledges that the Bechayra was taken away, at least in regards to that. So why does he leave it out here? And does not mention that that's another thing that he lost, that Reuven lost? Perhaps we could say, by focusing on the word where the Pasuk expresses it as Al you will not be given more, a greater portion. That's the word that the Torah refers to to mention, to allude to all those things which Ruven lost because of his anger. So from using that kind of a word, is muhach, it seems, that the Pasuk is oisin to memayet zayin, nor di maylus, babel chanishtet aloshem fun yisaitis halalu. When the Pasuk says, al you will no longer be given these extras. So he's focusing on, the Pasuk is focusing on, on those things which are called extra, in the Pasuk. What is that? Yeser says, v'yeser ois the extra, the more rank and more power. In other words, kahuna and malchus. So the Pasuk links the word al to the words in which it uses yeser seitz v'yeser ois. And that's what he's talking about. But it doesn't apply to b'chayra where it doesn't say the word yeser. Perhaps you could answer it that way. Whereas, uh, as far as the Bechayra, where the Pasuk does not mention the word Yeser, therefore it's not included in this, um, in the word Altaisa, which describes what Reuven gave up, or what Reuven lost. So therefore Rashi says that it doesn't, apply to the Bechayda, that's why he only, uh, he only applies it to Kohuna and Malchus. So that might be a good answer. However, but that only explains why th- that the Pasuk is referring to that, but it doesn't explain that here the Pasuk is not talking about the loss of Bechayda. But it still re- uh, leaves the question 
the tam fun etzema inyan. It only explains by using the wording in the Pasuk what the wording is referring to. But it doesn't explain why the Pasuk doesn't refer to the fact that Yosef, that the Reuven lost his Bechayra to Yosef. Why should Bechayra be treated or seen differently than Kuhuna Malchus, that the Pasuk says he lost Kuhuna Malchus, but the Pasuk doesn't say that he lost Bechayra. The Pasuk read Norvegen Reuven's Hefset from Kuhuna Malchus and Nishvegen sein Falirin, the Inen Abachayra, Inen Ashvatim, so why? So it might explain why Rashi interprets it that way, but it doesn't explain why is it that no mention is made of his losing the Bechayra. Gimel. Weiter, if in Pasuk Gur Ari Yehuda, Miterev B'ni Elisa, further on on the Pasuk, which uh, talks about Yehuda, that he is like a young lion, um, you rose up from being from making him into prey. Types Rashi, Rashi explains, what does this mean? What is this talking about? Miteref, from the prey, I suspected you that when, they, when the brother said that Yosef was, you know, uh, he was killed by an animal, Tarif Tarif Yosef, he was torn apart by an animal, when a wild animal ate him, um, so you, Yosef, es- removed yourself from that. You didn't want to be part of that scheme. That's what it means that Yehuda was compared to a lion about prey. Lions have prey and so on. You removed yourself from that. Because you told the brothers, why should we kill him? What's the point of killing him? What gain do we have by killing him? So you rose above killing Yosef which is expressed by the word teref. Vechem ba'adigas tamar, also in regards to when the tamar was about to be killed by the decree of Yehuda himself. Shahidat tzedakta mimeni, that you admitted that she was right and you were wrong. So again, you rose up from allowing tamar to become prey. So because of those two things, he praises Yehuda for rising above doing something wrong. So we have to understand in regards to this. From them was Rashi is From the fact that Rashi adds, and so also by the killing when Tamar was about to be killed, etc. He brings it into his explanation of Bani, uh, you rose above it. He brings it on this, in the second Rashi. Rashi divides it into two Rashis. First, he explains miteref. What is the uh, prey that we're talking about? And he explains that it's talking about where uh, they were about to kill Yosef. You, Bani Alisa, then he explains Bani Alisa, that you rose above it. So he says, you rose above killing Yosef. And then he adds in, and you also rose above having Tamar killed. You admitted your fault. So why does Rashi only put the, the killing of Tamar into this, explaining how he rose up about, uh, above it, but he doesn't put it into the Rashi where he ex- describes the prey, that she was about to fall prey. Is So from the fact that he's divided in that way, it would seem, as v'chem ba'adigas Tamar v'chulu, that this, uh, and the same is true for the killing of Tamar, but tzitzich nish tzum vart miteref, does not apply to describing miteref the prey, that it would apply also to the killing of Tomer, because taj the medish. In fact, as the medish does interpret it that way, the medish says miteref mitarfa shel Tomer. When it when it when it explains the word teref, it applies it to Tomer. The Tomer was about to become prey, but Rashi doesn't put it into that uh, in that first Rashi. Not to the ben Alisa, and therefore it applies only to having risen above it. As Alisa meant that when the Yaakov says to Yosef, you rose above it, he also rose above the story of Tamar, not allowing himself to be dragged down into the wrong, to doing wrong. That he removed himself from the killing of Tamar, but it doesn't apply to the prey, for some reason. Rashi doesn't apply it to there. Is Nishmuva, and so we have to understand since the words my son you have risen above it applies to the the one word earlier which is 
falling prey, allowing someone to fall prey, is so how could you divide those two words and to interpret as Bnei Elisa is that you rose above it includes two stories the story of Yosef and the story of Tamar whereas when you interpret the word the prey that they were about to fall only applies to Yosef and not to Tamar so how does Elisa suddenly apply to Tamar as well we also have to understand Rashi know when he said when Yaakov said you rose above it that he was referring also to Tamar and not just to the words Tarev, Tarev, Yosef because Miteref lends itself more to what they said about Yosef, Tarif, Tarif, Yosef. So there's like a Gzeir the word is a throwback to that story. Whereas by Tamar, we don't find such a word. So how does he know that it also applies to the story of Tamar? That, this whole, that he's talking about rising above the story of Tamar. The Medrash sees it differently. The Medrash gives it as two separate interpretations. One interpretation is that it's talking about Yosef and Tarev Tarev Yosef. Another interpretation is that he's talking about Tamar and her story. But Rashi doesn't make it into two separate ex- uh, explanations. He makes it as one ongoing explanation. First of all, talking about Yosef and also talking about Tamar. So how does he know it's talking about both? Dalit. If the Ersh to Shailiv opening a Kendemferin, in regards to the first question, we might be able to answer it this way. The first question was, why doesn't Rashi mention Tamar in the first Rashi in regards to Teref? And the answer could be, Rashi main takat zogam et Teref, but tzitzich zu the Yosef and Tamar. In fact, Rashi does mean to say that Miteref applies to Yosef and Tamar. The reason that he leaves it to the second Rashi, where he's explaining the words Bni Alisa, is that he does it that way because he's trying to explain how is it that we can apply the Miteref to Tamar. And to explain what, it, what this means, we have to first explain something else. There are two ways in which you could read these three words from causing prey, my son, you rose up. One way is the word my son, which is in the middle, could go either, the comma could be either before my son or after my son. If the comma is after my son, so then from the prey of my son, you rose up. That's how you would have to read it. Which means, from the prey of my son Yosef, you rose up above it and you wanted nothing to do with it. So, Bni, my son, is talking about Yosef. Alisa, you rose up, is referring to Yehuda. Yehuda rose up from causing Yosef to fall prey. Another way that you can read it is, Bni, batzitzach zu Alisa. Miteref, kama, from causing prey, my son Yehuda, you rose up. You, my son Yehuda, rose up. Bni batzitzach zu Alisa, miteref, von inyen, terev, bni Alisa, hastu mein zun Yehuda, oelegeven, you, my son Yehuda, rose up from causing somebody to fall prey. It's oib menem tandem ershen pshat, so if we go according to the first explanation, as bni is mechobetu miteref, that the word my son is referring to Yosef, because it's connected to the word miteref from the causing the prey of my son Yosef. And bni means Yosef. So then you can't explain that it's also referring to Tamar, because miterev bni, from the causing my son to fall prey, you Yehuda rose up. So where does Tamar come into this? The prey is specifically. Um, referred to in the Pasuk as to Yosef. So where does Tamar come in? If it was the other way, from causing prey, my son Yehuda, you rose up, then you could say there are two ways, two things, two stories where Yehuda could have allowed somebody to fall prey, including Tamar. But if you read it the first way, then it doesn't work. And therefore, Eid Rashi is Masif. 
before Rashi adds v'chein barigas tamer, and so also it refers to the killing of Tamar. Musa zechfriya upstel nebni alisa. He first has to, at, um, he has to first address the words bni alisa umbavarnon, and he has to make it clear as a geherin suzaman that the words bni alisa belong together. The comma is before bni, so that miteref from pray. Bani Alisa, my son, you rose up. Once he makes that clear that Bani Alisa belongs together, as he does in the second Rashi, Vazdafar is Rashi Maitik from Pasuk the word Bani, and that's why when he's talking about Alisa, you rose up, he's explaining the word you rose up. So why does he also quote the word Bani, my son? The reason he quotes it, even though he's only explaining the word Alisa, that you removed yourself from that kind of activity, is he's only explaining the word Alisa, so why does he quote the word Bani? That's why he includes the word Bani, because he's trying to show that the word Bani and Alisa are attached to each other. And because they're attached to each other, now we can interpret it as meaning also this whole subject to be discussing Tamar as well. Because Mitere Ebni Olisa is talking about Yehuda rose up, not my, the prey of Yosef, my son. Therefore now Rashi can explain that it refers to Tamar as well. But in the first Rashi he couldn't say that yet because we don't know yet that the word Bni is referring to Yehuda and not to Yosef. And that's why he has to wait till that's clarified before he can, before he can say that it's referring to Tamar as well. But you could ask the question, how does Rashi know that Bani goes together with Alisa and Bani doesn't go together with Miteret? How in fact does he know that? The reason that he knows that is, Yaakov was praising Yehuda. He was singing the praises of Yehuda. And since, had he not said the words Bani, he would have said, Miteref Alisa, from causing prey, you rose up. We would know that what does causing prey mean? Of course, it refers back to the words, Taref, Taref, Yosef. That's a, that's a link to that uh, idea. So we would know that he was talking about Yosef. Since we find by Yosef the word Taref, Taref, Taref. So therefore, we would know that he's talking, that he's addressing the story with Yosef. So why does he add the word Bani? Now Yaakov adds, of my son, from causing the, and the way you would read it, if, if the, the other way was being read, from the, causing the prey of my son Yosef. If, if that was what the pshat was, the question would be, why did Yaakov say it that way? Why did he add the word, my son Yosef, into this story? Because that does not describe the praises of Yehuda. Why? But contrary, it could diminish the praise of Yehuda by saying that. Why so? Because that could have been interpreted as follows. As nor the far was dos is teref and Yaakov zun, it could have meant that Jacob was saying from causing the prey in other words the killing of my son your brother you rose up in other words had it not been Jacob's son had it not been Yehuda's brother had it been just an innocent child another innocent person he may not have done it why would Jacob phrase it in such a way that could leave that interpretation that he only did it because it's his own brother it's Jacob's son and therefore we can't say that that's what Yaakov was trying to say therefore there's no reason to say that Miterev Bani is talking from the killing of my son you rose up rather it should be read Miterev from the killing Bani Alisa you my son have risen up that's how Rashi knows that Bani and Alisa go together but it still leaves the question, as we said before, it's true that it could mean also, it could also refer to the story of Tamar. 
Rashi's hechach, but where does Rashi know that he's referring to both stories? It's possible that it means that, but has Rashi know that it does? Or the fratos by Tomer, the Loshan Teref, especially that by Tomer it doesn't say the word Teref, so why use the word Teref in regards to the story of Tomer? Hey, so we'll understand that by first explaining another question, a general question that applies to this whole story. The Yisrin Amalchus this additional uh, status of the kingship, which was taken away from Reuven and given to and it was given to Yehuda, the estate in Divri Yomim, as it's written in Divri Yomim in Tanakh. Because Yehuda became more powerful than his brothers, and he became the leader, the master of them. And that's what he meant by saying, by referring to Yehuda as a young lion. As Rashi explains, that this refers to the kingship which was given to Yehuda. Through Shleima, he became the tribe which produced all the kings. The reason that it was given to Yehuda, state in the Bracha Gufa, is in the blessing itself. Because you rose up from causing prey. And as Rashi says, at, after he says, that this, it applies also to his saving Tomar, Rashi adds, therefore, you were the one that was given kingship. It's in reward for this, for having risen up from being involved in these, uh, these killings. Is Nish Muvan. They weren't actually killings in this attempted killing. So you have to understand the Milo in Yehuda was a Ratzach Misalgev and from them was Cheshadeticha Betayrev Tayrev Yosef Chayirach Chalasu. These qualities that Yehuda has, for which he was given the kingship, which are that you removed yourself from I suspected you of killing Yosef and so on, you rose above that story. You didn't had nothing to do with it. Because he said, What gain do we have by killing him? He convinced his brothers not to kill Yasef. Is the given by Reuben? Reuben also had that quality. He also didn't want to kill Yasef. As the story the Chumash tells us in Yasef, as Reuben had Gizot, Reuben said, Let us not kill him. Reuben was the one that saved him and said, Let's not kill him. And so that's as far as that. They both shared the same quality. They both saved Yosef. When Oich the Milo from Yehuda also in regards to the second quality was admitted given by Maisa Tomer. Sot many that he admitted that Tomer was right and he was wrong. In other words, he did tshuva for what he did. Gefintmen Oich by Reuven. We also find a similar thing by Reuven. As a tshuva getonev dem was chilalti tzui ola that he did a deep tshuva for having involved himself in his father's. Uh, bedroom situation. Rashi is mefarish in Parshav as Rashi explains in Parshav that Reuven was not present when Yosef was sold as a slave. Why wasn't he present? Because one explanation is that it was his turn, his turn to serve Yaakov. So he went back home to take care of Yaakov that week or that month or whatever it was. And the second shot is that he was busy with his sack and fasting. He was doing tshuva for that Avera, which was attributed to him. So we find that Reuven also did tshuva for what he did wrong. So what's so special about Reuven, uh, about, sorry, about Yehuda, that it was taken away from Reuven and given to Yehuda? In fact, if you look at it in this way, you would come to the opposite conclusion. Indeed, Beide Pratim is Reuven's Milo Lechere Gedesevi Yehudas. Because in both of these stories, it would seem that Reuven had even a higher, a greater credit for what he did than Yehuda did, had for what he did. Because number one, Dosos Yehuda Matzlgim and Yosef and Geharget Veren, that Yehuda saved Yosef from getting killed, is Dachnish Gevemi the Kavane Imtsa Umkeren Lo'aviv. 
he, Yehuda didn't have the intention of bringing him back to his father, bringing Yosef back to his father. Nor All he did was say, why should we kill Yosef? Let's sell him as a slave to the Yishmaelim. Especially as in In fact, had he wanted to, he could have brought him back to Yaakov. Be Rashi bring the Rabbi's Rashi brings as the Shvatim Abim Gizak that later the Shvatim said to him, "Ilu Amartelo Shiva Yinishoim Lucha." They said it's your fault if you had told them to bring him back to Yaakov. We would have listened to you. In other words, Yehuda had the authority to be able to tell his brothers, "You're doing wrong. Let's go return him to his father," and they would have listened. But he didn't do that. Instead, they sold him to the Ishmaelim. Number two, when, Yos, when Yehuda said, what gain do we have by, sell, by killing Yosef? What he said was, what financial gain do we have? That's how Rashi interprets it. What financial gain do we have by killing him? Let's make some money. We'll sell them to Yishmaelim. At least we'll make a few dollars. In other words, the fact that he, the reason that he didn't allow them to kill him is was only because we would have financially gained nothing. And that's why he said, let's go sell him and we'll make a few dollars. So that's how Ruvain, those are the qualities of Ruvain in regards to not sell it, saving Yosef. But when we talk about Reuven, his intention was to save Yosef in order to bring him back to Yaakov. Be the Pasuk Zechus, the Pasuk says it clearly. He said that in order to save Yosef from them killing him, in order to return him to his father. So it seems that Reuven did even more for Yosef than, than Yehuda. Now, in regards to the second story, by the Hoidof and Yehuda, by the when Yehuda admitted his wrong, if Maisa Tomer, in regards to the story of Tomer, Gefintman, first of all, be Gefintman or sein ein Molokin zogen many. Yes, one time, when confronted with the story of Tomer, they were about to kill her, and he said, "No, no, 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 it's my fault." One time, he said, "She's right, I'm wrong." We never see again that he should address this story. Number two, the which is most important. And the He had no choice. One would say he had no choice other than to admit that he was wrong and she was right. Because what would be the if he didn't admit it? She would have been killed, and she was also pregnant with two with the twins. So they would have killed three people had he not spoken up. So obviously, his movement that Yehuda Gemus made is that, of course, in a situation like that, who's not going to admit that he's wrong? That Kegan by Reuven, when we look at Reuven's story, his number one is the Tshuva Given and Eifinas Kamil Kamiyar and Hata Nogdem, Hata Altsmam Shagiven Shubatan. Yehuda was busy with his Tshuva for years after the story. But in Mechidus Yosef is Geshen mit nine Yar Nogh Bilbul Yitzui Avid. Because the selling of Yosef happened nine years after the story with Reuven and, and uh, Bila. Because the story with Bila and, uh, and uh, Reuven happened when Yosef was nine years old. Because Yosef was born and then Yaakov worked another six years and then they traveled back for two years. And the story, and then Rachel died on the way back at the end of that trip. And when Rachel died, Reuven decided that uh, Yaakov's bed should know, uh, since it's not in Rachel's tent, so at least it should go. And Yaakov moved it to Bila's tent, so he said, no, it should be in Leah's tent. So that's when that story happened, which was when Yosef was about nine years old. When Yosef was sold, he was 17 years old. So it was like eight years later, eight, nine years later. So, and then Reuven was still busy with doing tshuva. As Rashi says, that he was busy with his fasting and his sack. Number two, is given an He was not just he said something, 
he was busy in a very pnimistic way, in a very intense way, that he was busy doing tshuva. Number three, the reason why he did that whole thing with Bila was because he was defending the honor of his mother. Because he said, I can understand that Yaakov wanted his bed to be in Rachel's tent while Rachel was alive. She was his favorite wife. But now that she died, he should move his bed into the maidservant's tent? Of course it should be in Leah's tent. So he decided to move it himself. He did it only to defend Leah's honor. And he did it in honor to, in order to honor his mother. In fact, it's not even considered a true sin. As Rashi quotes, Rashi brings in Vayishlach that it was uh, he, he, all of them were equal the, the, the Pasuk shows them all as equal that they were all tzaddikim they were all that even Reuben even though it mentions a sin but he really didn't sin because it was an honor of his mother and that's why even while he committed a sin he still referred to as the Bechayr even though his sin was only such a you know, a nebulous sin, still he had such an intense tshuva. So, Yehuda did, committed a sin with Tamar, which he didn't realize, but he still committed a sin, and he did a one-time tshuva. One time he mentioned that, he, that she's right. Reuven was still busy with doing tshuva nine years later, and he did a very intense tshuva, and his sin wasn't even such a great sin, hardly considered a sin at all. According to this, it's very strange. How is it that Yehuda's rising up above killing Yosef, which Reuven did even more, and above killing Tamar, which Reuven did even more tshuva than Yehuda? So how could that be a reason why Yehuda was given the kingship, and the while it was taken away from Reuven? So we'll understand this by understanding the words that Yaakov said to Reuven about this matter. Rushing like water, in, because you were angry, reacting, reacting that way, that's why you will not gain these extra honors. But Rashi is with Mepharish. Rashi explains, What caused you to lose these things? The impetuousness that you rushed into, you immediately got angry, and you reacted so quickly, so uh, reaction, in such a reactionary way. And that's why you're going to lose this. Altoisa, that's why Altava little Kalisayas Alolo, that's why you will not be given these extras. Umawa Pachasushabhasta. What is the reactionary act that you did? Is Rashi is Mamshus and Pirushovkiolisumushkabi Avichas Yachilalta that it has to do with getting involved in your father's bedroom and moving the beds around in the way that you thought it should be. So from the way Rashi explains this, it's, it becomes understood as the that the reason why Reuben wasn't given these extras of kingship and kuna is not the sin itself or the, the act of uh, moving his, his father's beds around. The reason is because he reacted without thinking. He reacted in a reactionary way. Doing it quickly, without uh, thinking, without uh, considering. You were quick to show your anger. That seems to be the issue. Just that, where do we find that he had this kind of rushing into his anger? It happened in that story. By the story of Bila. But it's not the story of Bila which is the problem. It's the story of reacting in that way so quickly and not having the uh, calm demeanor to be able to ra- uh, think rationally about what you're doing. That's what seems to be the problem that Ru- uh, Yaakov is telling Reuven. 
Das heißt, in other words, as das was Jakob is magdem and madgish basunde dem chesorim von paches kamayim, the fact that Jakob says that it's the rushing like water into anger. Rash learned Rashi arose in him inu from Bilbul Yitzui Abiv Zainadot Zvei Pratim. So Rashi understands from this that in the story with Bila there are two issues going on. Number one, the etzim Bilbul. First of all, is what he did. He got involved in his father's bedroom. That that's not your business. That's not for you to do. That's wrong. Number two, but thus is given in Eifim Pachas Kamayim, and the fact that he did it without thinking. He did it in a rush. So that's the two issues. Un as far yedin from the tzvei pratim is given a bezunder einish, and therefore there were two penalties that Reuven got for these two elements of that one story. Number one, fadem v'sarat involved in yitzui aviv for the the very fact that he got involved in that story is when him tzugenungavarin de bechayre. That's why he was taken away his uh, being a bechayre. That's what this, that was taken away for being a bechayr. Uh, sorry, that the bechayr was taken away for doing what he did, the the story itself. At least in regards to being the leader of the shvatim, or not the leader, but the being having two shvatim, via state and as divrei yomim actually spells it out clearly, aviv. Because he mixed up the bedroom of his father, therefore nitna bechayrose. That's why the firstborn rights were given to Yosef. So for that element, the bechayr was taken away. When Rashi brings the Rab Gleichem Parshav Yishlach, as Rashi tells us in the Yishlach, as nitna bechayr li Yosef, that the bechayr was given to Yosef, right? And this. Uh, in Vayishlach, right after the story Vayishkavas uh, Bila, where he did the the, uh, the bedroom antics, right away it says Bechayr Yaakov Yosef, Bechayr Yaakov Reuven, and over there Rashi says that he was only a Bechayr in regards to the other things, but not in regards to the Shvatim. In other words, immediately the reaction was the Bechayr was taken away. Rashi immediately points it out. Then there is the second part, the far was pachas kamayim, because he showed his anger in such a way. reacted in such uh, quickly without thinking. When altais is altaiser, for that he is the two extra things are being taken away. Altar That's why you're not going to get the two additional uh, added honors, which are the kohuna and the malchus. Kohuna and malchus can also be as he said before. So the summary is that he's dividing the, the penalty into two things. The two elements of the story, the fact that he did what he did is why the Bechayr was taken away. The fact that he rushed into it without thinking, that's why the other two things were taken away. Zion, the beer and them, so to explain. The Chilik Svishin Kohuna Malchus and Bechayra. Why is it that these two, the Bechayra, the Kohuna and Malchus were taken away for the rushing into it and the Bechayr uh, was taken away for the story itself. The difference between Kohuna and Malchus and Bechayr is the Mailuf and Kohuna and Malchus Kohuna Malchus is something that relates to others. In in the way one involves himself with other people. How do we see that? In Yonif what is the idea of a king? Is that he has to go before them, he has to run the affairs of the country, and so on. So he has to take care of the needs of the country and other divided, and that's what the role of a king is. And as Rashi explains right here on, in the Gur, he explains about Yehuda being the king, the one that will bring the Jews, take the Jews to wars, and so on. In regards to the second part of that Pasuk, that he crouches and so on, that he, he, Rashi says that this refers to the role, of the, the role of Yehuda, that he made sure that each person would be comfortable under his vineyard and everybody has their place, they would be safe and un, uh, not afraid of being attacked by the other uh, nations around. So in other words, these are the roles of the king. He takes care of the needs of the country. When Azoi Kohuna, so also when it comes to Kohuna, versus Fun Ire Inyanim Ikrim is one of the things, the main roles of a Kayan is, 
Rashi ties Yeser as Rashi ties Yeser Se'es to which element of Ko'una? To Nesiyah's Kapayim, to the raising up the hands to give the Bracha, to give Birchus Kainim, which is Ben Shenidin to bless, give a blessing to the Yidin. Oich Lernim at Yidin is also the role of the Kainim Alevim was to learn with the Yidin. The Allah has been the laws of the Torah, be a state, as the Torah tells us. You shall come to the Kainim, and they will tell you the, uh, the law. They will teach you the law. According to the teachings that they teach you. So we see that the Kainim, the role of Kona is to give a blessing to others, to teach others, and the king also to take care of the people. But when we talk about the role of a Bechayr, what is the quality, the unique quality of Bechayr? It only pertains to the status of the Bechayr himself. Because he is the firstborn, that's why he gets a double portion of the inheritance. So it all pertains to him. It has nothing to do with other people. It's not how he reacts to other people. That's the explanation of these two details that we talk about from the Minyan, from Pachas Kamayim, Mehartalaris Kaischa the penalty for rushing into it and you showed your anger quickly that as soon as it, he thought it occurred to him that his father's bed should be in that tent and not in this tent he got angry that it was not as he decided he got angry at you know someone maybe his father and he immediately reacted by changing the situation, moving the bed. And he mixed up the father's bedroom situation, not him, somebody else. He reacted and did something to somebody else. In other words, that kind of reactionary behavior goes against what kuhuna and kingship must be. You have to be taking care of others, not reacting in a negative way to others, and therefore, that kind of behavior negates your being able to be given kuhuna malchus. Therefore, the penalty for that is was measure for measure that he was no longer considered to be fitting to be a kayan or a king. But when we talk about the sin itself, the problem itself, it shows that he made a mistake in his considerations. He thought that this was right and that was wrong. So he made a mistake. True, he made a mistake. He was thinking that because of the honor of his mother. He said, the maidservant of my mother's sister, Rachel, should be competition to my mother. If her sister is a competition to her, that I can understand. Her maidservant should be a competition to her. That he couldn't take. And for that reason, he decided that his father's bed should be in the tent of Leah. And since the mistake is a mistake in his thinking, in what he thought and the way he decided. And therefore, for that, he lost the, uh, the reward which he had been given, that being a Bechir which pertains to himself. So you, even in yourself you made a mistake. You mistake, made a mistake in your thinking. So therefore, that was the penalty for, for making the mistake which is within himself and his own thinking that Bechayra, which is also personal to you, was taken away. So the two penalties fit with the crime that they are addressing. Based on this, we can now also understand the Chiluk Ikri, this very fundamental difference. That according to the way that Rashi explains it, according to Pshudosh Mikra, is Klolos in the Bechayra, Nisht Tsuganumi Gevarim von Ruvenen. The idea of Bechayr, Rashi says, doesn't say that the Bechayr was taken away from Reuven. 
he leaves out the Bechayra. And his Gibliben Bechayra L'Nachla, because he remained the Bechayra in three elements, in the in inheritance and in being counted first, and so on. Mahat Nartsuganum and the Bechayra Linyan Ashwatan, they only took away the Bechayra as it pertains to having two Shvatan. Abakohono Malchus, but in regards to Kuhunu Malchus, he lost the entire rights to that. For Bechayra, he only lost some of the rights. For Kuhunu Malchus, he lost the entire thing. And why is there such a fundamental difference? It's because the sin itself wasn't such a serious sin. Because the reason Reuben did it was not for his own gain, it was just to defend the honor of his mother. It bizaz virashi is mefarish, and it it we we go so far in this justification of Reuben's behavior that Rashi says loichato Reuben. He says he never committed a sin; it wasn't even considered a sin. Rashi also says that even while he was involved in the sin, he's still referred to as a Bechayr. Because immediately after that story, the next Pasuk refers to him as a Bechayr. So as well, his reaction to having done that was that he did Shuvah for many, many years and a very serious Shuvah by fasting and the putting on sackcloth and so on that's why only some element of the Bechayr was taken away but it wasn't completely taken away because the sin wasn't so great he did a proper tshuva so therefore only a, a somewhat of a penalty was given whereas by, for the anger for the rushing into it for the not thinking the impetuousness over there the whole thing was taken away and this is also the explanation of the Yeser from the Malchus is that explains also why having been taken away from Reuven it was given to Yehuda because Yehuda rose about, above that even though Yehuda, uh, Reuven rose above that problem even better than Yehuda uh, save, trying to save Yosef. The What is the difference between having risen above killing Yosef? What's the difference the way Yehuda did it and the way Reuven did it? In what Yehuda did to, the, to save Yosef, he actually ended up saving Yosef from being killed. Yehuda Zogma Betza, why Yehuda saying, What gain do we have by killing him? He actually saved him from being killed. And that's what caused them to take him out of the pit in which he was. And that pit was a very dangerous place. It had snakes and scorpions in it, as Rashi says. That there was no water in it, but there was snakes and scorpions. So, by, Ruve, by Yehuda saying, what do we gain by killing him? So they took him out. So he saved them from the snakes and the scorpions. He saved them from them killing him. The brothers killing him. And the same in the story of saving Tamar by saying, she is right and, she, and uh, she, she's innocent. Is Tomer Giratigavaram for Sreifa? He actually caused Tomer to be saved from being killed. So, in other words, by Ruvain, even if the, uh, if the methods were not the best, but the results were terrific. By Ruvain, whereas by Ruvain, Agama, Zenchuba, Bukavana, Zanigivan, Gresser, Yehudas, even though his intentions and his Chuba was a deeper Chuba than Yehudas, is the sabra maile in That is a quality that is measured only within him. It only pertains to him as a person. He had great intentions. By Yehuda, the 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 uh, quality is is measured in what he caused for other people. How did others um, benefit from Yehuda's saying that she's right or let's save Yosef? 
they both were saved, even though Yehuda's intentions personally were not the greatest. But by Reuven, his intentions were great. He was great. But what was the result? But what was the result? Nobody gained anything from it. What did Reuven say? Reuven said, let's not kill him. Throw him into the pit. Let's keep him over there and we'll decide what to do. He intended, when they're not looking, I'll go into the pit, I'll take him out and I'll bring him back to his father. In order to save them, save Yosef from them and bring him back to his brother. That all shows that his intentions were good, were pure. But in what happened, it didn't actually end up saving Yosef. It didn't take him out of danger. He remained in danger. The only thing that he saved him was that they wouldn't proactively kill him, but that they wouldn't leave him to starve to death. <laughs> that, that he didn't stop. Especially in light of the fact that where he advised them to put him, to put Yosef into the pit. It was full of snakes and scorpions. So, yes, he, his intentions were right, but did it save Yosef? It didn't save Yosef. It only saved him from being actually killed by their hand, but it didn't save him from being dying or being killed by the snakes. Even though it's probably Reuven did not know that, they were, that the pit was full of snakes and scorpions and therefore wasn't at fault for advising them to put him into the pit but the fact is that all of Reuven's efforts led to subjecting Yosef into further danger rather than from saving him and the same is true also for the tshuva that Reuven did he was very busy doing tshuva for the sin that he committed but his whole tshuva he was wrapped up in himself it only benefited him he did tshuva in fact it even caused harm indirectly. Because had Reuven not been busy fasting and donning sackcloth while Yosef was being sold, that's what happened. While Yosef was being sold, he was off busy fasting and sackcloth. Had he been there, instead of being busy with his tshuva, if he was there, he could have saved Yosef. Maybe he would have been able to save Yosef from being sold into slavery. Just like he had influence over his brothers when he convinced them not to kill him. So he might have been able to convince them not to sell him either. And then in the end, to get him back to his father. But because he was doing tshuva, that's why Yosef ended up suffering and being sold. And it's because Reuven was busy with his own situation, his own tshuva, true. They were very, very exalted uh, things. But in the end, it was all about him. And that's what actually ended up leading to Yesa being sold. And that's why is That's why, when you look at the two stories, Yehuda's intentions were not as great as Reuven's, but the, his results were excellent. He got the job done. Reuven, his intentions were great, but it was all within him. He didn't do anything for anybody else, and in fact, might have been the cause for Yosef being sold into slavery. And that's why. The Mitad of Elisa from Yehuda, the fact that Yehuda rose above this, these two stories, the fact that he risked his own himself for, to save Tamar, in order to save another person, that's why that demonstrates that he's the right person to be the king. Mashainkin Ruven was when we come when we talk about Ruven was the Gaidla Idu Fazan Chuva, Bhulu is a Maila Fazikh, where all yes, 
he's a great tzaddik and he did great tshuva but it was all only something that he benefited from so that's why he was, he was allowed to maintain most of the Bechayra because the Bechayra is also something which pertains to him he will benefit from it but he wasn't given Malucha he wasn't given kingship because kingship is about helping the other people getting the job done for everyone else and that Reuven did not show that he was capable of doing that and based on this we can now understand clearly, simply why Rashi how does Rashi know that you rose above it pertains to both stories and that was the question that we asked how does he know it pertains to both the reason is what was Yaakov trying to say he was trying to show juxtapose Reuven or Yehuda against Reuven to see the qualities of each and that, that's why I've decided that Yehuda will be the king and Reuven will not that's why it was given over to, uh, to Yehuda from Reuven. When a is by Reuven gefintment and since by Reuven had two qualities, first of all, he wanted to save Yosef, that he can't take that away from him, he really wanted to. When he did a very good chuba, proper chuba for the sin of, that he committed against his father. Since Yaakov is trying to point out that even though Ruvain had these two qualities, yet he doesn't have them enough in order to gain to be the, the king and the, the Kayan. More emphasis on the king in this explanation. So if he's trying to show why Yehuda has to get it and not Reuven, he has to explain both of these qualities, why in both qualities Reuven doesn't measure up to Yehuda. So that's why Rashi knows that he was addressing both the story of Tomer and the story, uh, sorry, as he was addressing the tshuva that Reuven did, so therefore to, uh, to, to balance that out, he showed how Yehuda saved Tomer, and for the first story, is understood that he, that one for sure he mentioned. There's no question that he was talking about saving Yosef. But now Rashi knows that he was also talking about saving Tomar because he had to show how Reuven's tshuva was deficient in comparison to Yehuda's in terms of being the king. In other words, in terms of providing for the people. Test. from them. What is the lesson to us? We can understand it very simply. Yid cannot be, it can't be enough for a Yid that I'm, I'm going to take care of myself, in other words, not take care of my, my material needs, take care of my spiritual perfection. I will be busy with perfecting myself spiritually. And you have to be involved in showing your love for other Jews as well. In Tana to do something for another Jew. even more Since Avas Yisrael, as Rabbi Kiva, that's the entire Torah, as Hillel said, is a filoven eralein is nisht in so even if the person that is practicing Avas Yisrael is not, hasn't reached such a high level in self-perfection as another person, another person could be very much involved in self-perfection and growing and becoming better and higher and more spiritual, and I'm not that good. But I'm, busy, I'm doing Avas Yisrael, I'm practicing Avas Yisrael. But because the person practicing Avas Yisrael is focused on doing a good thing for another person, is a fabunimit kola Since he's practicing Avas Yisrael, which is kola kula, so by practicing Avas Yisrael, you capture kola kula, the entire teira. Noch mer is das beilet in the titzos in the tzayan agus v'ruven Yehuda, and this is even emphasized by seeing the results of Reuven and Yehuda 
Durch dem, was Ruben in the fact, it's because Ruben was busy with self-perfection in his doing tshuva, is given that could have been the reason why Yosef ended up being sold. Which is what led to the Golos Mitzrayim, because all the Yidden of the time went down to Mitzrayim. The Reish Vashayr which is the beginning, which is the the uh, paradigm for all the future Golos. So Ruvay not being so self-involved could have saved the entire situation of Golos for all time. And it's through Yehuda saying Tzadkimimeni. In other words, he wasn't so perfect, but he did he did what needed to be done in order to save the situation for someone else. Even though the level of tshuva, as we said before, doesn't rise to the tshuva of Reuven, which was a much higher level of tshuva. It's only through this act of, of Yehuda which brings to the Geula from Golos. Because it was through that story, that birth, that Tamar gave birth to the twins, that Peretz was born, and it's from Peretz, that we know that Rus, and the, you know, they all come from that lineage, Mashiach, David, Mashiach comes from the lineage of Peretz, which is from Tamar, which is from this story, that's what Yehuda accomplished, Allah Peretz Lofneim, as the Pasuk says, the, the one uh, Mashiach, which he calls Peretz, the one that will break through, will go up before them, Referring back to Peretz, the Goyal Achren, the final Redeemer, does what Peretz and the Gidriah Golos, and he will be the one to break through all the uh, parameters of Golos, all the limitations of Golos. We're bringing the Gula Mitzvah Shleimah to Karamamish to bring the Gula Mitzvah Shleimah very soon. And this was all because of what uh, Yais, uh, Yehuda did. That shows the difference when you're involved only in yourself or when you're focused on doing for others.